Well, good morning. Welcome to Paradise Valley Christian Church. We are so glad that you are here with us. My name is Charles Gwynn, a lead pastor here on staff. I want to welcome those of you online joining us. If you're brand new here with us, I do encourage you to fill out a Connect card just so we can get to know you a little bit better as time goes on. This past week, we had a revival taking place, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a great time, and I had a, pre- a preacher friend asked me, he said, do revivals still work in your area? And I, I thought to myself, if we let it, right, if we let a revival impact us and change us and mold us and shape us and cause us to go forth and, and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, then yeah, for sure it still works. And i just praising God for our time of revival. If you didn't get a chance, if you were out of town or this or that, you didn't get a chance to hear any of those messages, I'd love for you to go back, whether it be on our YouTube channel, Paradise Valley Christian Church, or on our website, listening to those. Charles Pruitt did a great job sharing with us. He's from the Christian Church here in Casper. And just the idea of, you know, how, how was there a revival that took place close to the day of Pentecost? And, and what was the cause of that? And just some of those things that, are still true for us today about really knowing God. When we really begin to know God, then we have that ability to share God with other people. And if we really understand uh, who our mission is and embracing that mission, which is anyone we come in contact with, then we need to then have the courage to share truth with them. And that's from God's word. And so I appreciate uh, what Charles had to share. That's the the shortened version of uh, four nights of messages. But he did a great job. I'd love for you to go back and listen to those if you have not had a chance to do that. We also, it's kind of a, every week for all of us, maybe it's kind of an up and down week. That that got us through Wednesday. We had a great time uh, through the revival. and, And then I was kind of working with some individuals that have just started coming, uh, and uh, two individuals, a mom and a son, and uh, they, one of the, the son passed away on the 9th, and then the mom just passed away uh, last Thursday, and uh, it's just kind of crazy how life works I- at times, and so I just want to encourage you to lift up the McVeigh family, uh, they're going through mourning and loss uh, of Shane and Karen, and uh, so, you know, you have different times in, in the week, um, that different things are going really great, and then other times you're just really struggling through some things. And uh, I, I do want to praise God, though. We had a, a great game night on Friday night, a men's prayer breakfast, which is open to anybody that like to come as far as gentlemen go uh, on Saturday mornings, the first and third Saturday, 7 a.m., and then uh, we had a ladies' uh, luncheon that took place yesterday and had a great turnout for that. And so praising God that God is continually at work in our lives. And I'm thanking God in, in the midst of, and I've mentioned this before, in the midst of life and how uh, those that pass from this life then go on to eternity Uh, We had new life also this past week, and so some of you know Dylan and Haley Campbell. Uh, They they had a new baby girl this last Monday, and so we're praising God for that, Ray Lynn. And uh, I'm excited for this body of believers uh, as we continue to to be the church that God is calling us to be. And so uh, throughout the course of this year, we're going through the gospel according to Mark. And as we go through the the gospel according to Mark, we're going to take little side uh, breaks maybe uh, from that. And so with the revival and then uh, in the month of October, uh, I like to kind of just encourage us in the area of our finances 
And so we're going to do just a two-week mini-series on financial fitness uh, today and then next week. And then the following week on the last Sunday of the month, which is the fifth Sunday, we're actually going to have a youth Sunday. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, Connor Lewis is going to share with us. And so uh, today as we look at this idea of financial fitness, I'm just blown away as we kind of come to the end of our fiscal year uh, for a church here, as we start a new year financially in November, uh, we've been encouraging our teams to, to put forth a budget, and if you're not on a ministry team yet, man, you need to get on one. We'd love for you to be a part of some area of the church body here, and so if that's something that interests you, you can talk to me or others, uh, but as they kind of put their budgets together, you know, we're praying through and thinking through and uh, just seeking God's direction when it comes to the future of this body, what that looks like, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, we want to be a congregation that grows to over a thousand people. What does that look like, staffing, building-wise, all those kind of things, and so we're praying through all those things, and, and as, as I was looking at the finances over this last year, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say praise the Lord. I just want to say God is using you to, to bless the, the kingdom of God, you know, and, and so I just thank you for your generosity. Uh, it, it was neat to see how God, it, through over the last year, has been using you from a, a, a generosity standpoint, allowing for us to minister to people that come in off the street needing help, which we've been able to do continually and successfully and uh, uh, every time. I don't know what that word is. I'm not very good at English. Um, but, uh, and so the fact that we, we're always able to do that, we're always able to reach out with the love of Christ from a financial standpoint. And so we've seen um, uh, physical needs being met this past year. We've been seeing uh, spiritual needs being met. Uh, our Wednesday night program uh, allows for different people to come in that are outside of our body. And I would encourage you, if you've not been to a Wednesday night yet, come because we need you to help when it comes to talking with new people and reaching uh, th those individuals and having that time together. And so uh, just it was neat to see how God's working here in our Casper community through this body as well as around the world. And as I was looking over things, 12% of what we spent this past year uh, went towards missions. And that's that's awesome. That's that's a healthy number. I, I'm praising God that that's up actually even from last year. And so I want to see that continue to grow, that we are out really focused when it comes to spreading the gospel, that we have a worldview that's not just here in Casper, but it goes around the world. And so I'm praising God for that, and that 12% doesn't even include any extra kind of gifts that a lot of you have given to our school or to our missionaries, so I'm praising God for that. And so again, this year, I'm choosing in here in the month of October, uh, again, for a couple reasons, to share a couple messages on financial fitness, uh, because we're coming again to our, the end of our fiscal year. Here at the church, and so we're going to start new in November, and as we start new, I just want us to, again, keep a mindset that, you know, this is all God's. We're, we're in this together for the, the glory of God, and so we want to place all of our finances, the church, individually, and our homes in God's hands, and allow Him to work mightily through them. And we're entering also into a time of year where there's a lot of... Uh, desire for us as a church to uh, challenge you in areas of giving and so uh, as we get close to Thanksgiving and Christmas a lot of those things can kind of pile up on us maybe at times and and our encouragement to you is just to pray through where God might uh, challenge you to to give above and beyond what you're already giving and in areas like 
or our revival last week, or Pastor Appreciation, or Operation Christmas Child Boxes, or Harvest of Talents for our missionaries that's coming up in November, or Boxes of Blessings that we're putting together for families within the church and outside of our church uh, at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and just all the different things that take place at this time of year. I just don't want you to be overwhelmed, okay? I don't want us to have that feeling of being overwhelmed in, in this season of life uh, and throughout the course of the year. And so again, my hope is, is as we spend some couple weeks uh, in this area of financial fitness that we can, again, just turn it all over to God. And so this morning's message is entitled, God Provides. Will you pray with me as we get going this morning? Father, we desire for you to continually work mightily in and through us. Father, we thank you for this body of believers believers that we can come together and to depend on one another and encourage one another and uh, just build one another up in areas when it comes to this physical life but also the the spiritual aspects of life and so God I'm grateful again for the privilege it is to come together in your name may you be glorified and it's the name of Jesus I pray amen there once was a Christian lady uh, that did a lot of praying in fact, she would go out on her porch a lot of times, and she would pray to God, and as she would pray, others would hear her. In fact, her neighbor right next door, he was a gentleman that was an atheist. He didn't believe in God, and, and he would hear her praying, and in his mind, he would think, man, this lady, she she has no clue. There's no God. She, she's just praying into thin air. She She's going crazy. In fact, she, at times, he would go over and just harass her a little bit, not too bad, but he'd say things like, lady... You're praying to something that doesn't even exist. Your prayers aren't making a difference. And, and of course, this Christian lady, she knows, she knows the truth. And so she continues to, to pray every single day, giving praise to God. And as she's going through life, there was a day where she ran out of groceries. And so she's praying to God and saying, God, I know that you are a God that provides. God, you're going to take care of me. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God, I trust in you that you're going to provide for my needs. And of course, as she's praying that, here's her atheist neighbor listening, and he's like, I got this. I, I'm going I'm to make sure that she knows once and for all that there is no God. And so he comes up with this plan that he's going to go to the grocery store, and he's going to buy groceries for her. And he's going to come back, and, and it's, it's going to work out. It's going to be great because he's going to put those on her porch. And so that's what he does. He goes, and he gets the groceries, and he, and he takes them, and he puts them on the porch and kind of sneaking up. And, and then he rings the doorbell, and he, he runs over, and he, he gets in the bushes, and he just waits to see what happens. And, and so sure enough, she, here's the Christian lady comes out, and she sees the groceries on her porch. And she begins to praise God, saying, God, thank you so much. I knew exactly that you were going to make sure that you took care of me. God, I'm thanking you today. And of course, here comes the atheist out of the bushes, and he says, Ha! Your God didn't get those groceries for you. I got those groceries for you. And of course, the Christian lady replied with great joy, Oh, I knew the Lord would provide me with groceries, but I didn't know he was going to make the devil pay for them. <laughs> and for a lot of us, we... We believe, we say we believe that, that God will provide in our lives, but I wonder how many of us from day to day have the tendency to forget that belief, or maybe we just struggle with that at times when it comes to our finances, and, and I would guess this morning that for the majority of us here, we, we want to be in line with God financially. 
We, we want to have financial fitness in our lives where our finances are just laid before the throne of God and we say, God, we want you to take care of it. But I also know this morning that there are going to be some of us that maybe have the tendency when things get tight financially that our fists get tighter as well. And there's times where we, we, we say, we, again, we want to trust in God, but we, we struggle with really giving it all over to God. In fact, I know there's even people within this congregation that are going through just some job change scenarios that are causing them to, to you know, struggle. Like, I, I know I need to take care of my earthly responsibilities financially, and, and a lot of times we get that worldly mentality that we have to take care of all these bills first, and then we're going to, you know, trust God later down the road. And, and the truth is, is that God wants us to put our, tr- our trust and faith in him first and foremost. And so my hope this morning is that we're reminded from God's word of the truth that God can and will provide for our needs. No matter if it, if it looks bleak or not. God can and will provide for our needs. And when we live with this kind of perspective in our lives, no longer do we depend on ourselves, but we really begin to depend on God. And so that's my hope this morning. It's a pretty straightforward message of God can and will provide for our needs. And the truth that God provides has been shared throughout Scripture. And even in Psalm chapter 23, a verse that I read at the funeral on Saturday You know, it begins with this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And that's the NIV, and the New Living Translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. I have all that I need. And it's interesting, the message paraphrase even shrinks it down just a little bit, and the concept is pretty powerful, though. It says, the message paraphrase, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. And there's not too many in li- many times in my life that I've really had that strong mentality. What do you mean, God? I, I mean, I need things, right? I mean, I have to live. And, and are we truly depending on God every single day to provide for us? In Psalm 37, 25, David declares, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Or their children begging bread. And, and I want us to consider the way that God provided for hundreds of thousands of Israelites as they wandered for 40 years in the desert. And we're reminded in uh, Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 4, Moses reminds them at that time and reminds us today. He says, remember how the Lord, our God, your God, led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. And I'm guessing some of you ladies would have loved to have been pregnant during those 40 years, right? Your feet didn't swell at all, yeah? For 40 years, God is providing. It's this constant reminder for the Israelites that God provides. And consider the promise of Jesus in Matthew 6, verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, 
And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. When we stay focused on God, he says all the other things, they're going to take care of themselves. When we seek first God and his kingdom, then we can know that God will provide what we need to eat and drink and wear. And finally, Paul confirmed the truth that God will provide, saying in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, just a couple more verses after what Paul Marvel read this morning. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God's going to provide. God's got your back. In addition to these assorted verses that convey the truth that God will provide, I want to remind us of a biblical example that drives home this truth, and it's from the life of Abraham. Because I think if we look at Abraham's life, we see that Abraham experienced God's provision. And so we're going to look at verse 11, or chapter 11 of Genesis, but the main chapter that we're going to kind of settle into this morning is chapter 22 of Genesis. And this biblical example of God's provision that I want to share again, it comes from different aspects of Abraham's life. Early on in Abraham's life, there, there's this journey that begins, and it begins with Abraham's father, Terah, who felt the call of God to, to leave Ur of the Chaldeans and head to Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled there according to Genesis eleven twenty seven through 31. It is this idea of going somewhere where they didn't really know how it is all going to work out. They, they'd never really been there. But then after Terah died, when Abraham was 75 years old, he experienced a call from God to leave Haran. And to go to a land that God would show him, which was Canaan. And again, some of you are going through some times in your life where you're not really sure where God is leading. You don't know what the future holds. You don't know what's going to look like, how things are going to turn out. And yet, Abraham was willing to go. And God told Abraham that he would become the father of a great nation. But what was the issue for Abraham at this time when he receives that call and that promise? There's no kids running around. 75 years old, and he doesn't have any kids. There, there's no child to bring about this great nation. And yet, did Abraham trust God to provide? Yeah, he sure did. He and Sarah waited patiently for many years, but of course, just like many of us, we kind of like to we get antsy, don't we? Like, okay, we're, let's go, God. Let's, let's speed this along a little bit here. We got to get rolling. And so, of course, Abraham, Sarah, they come up with this idea like, hey, why don't we, you take my, my handmaiden, Hagar, as your wife, and then you can, we can have a child together through her. And, of course, that's what Abraham does, and it just doesn't work out. And they have Ishmael, but God says, no, Ishmael isn't the promised child. He's not the heir. He says, Abraham, just trust me. Just depend on me. I will provide a son of promise. And so finally, after 25 years of waiting, the son of promise, Isaac, he shows up on the scene. He's born to them. And Isaac was born to Abraham at 100 years old. And Sarah was 90 years old. And my wife, Autumn, and I, we've been discussing how having a baby at 23 is way different than having a baby at like 40 some or something. You know? And so it's one of those things where I'm thinking, holy smoly, Abraham, 100 years old, and Sarah, 90. And so there's no doubt that God showed up. 
to provide in this situation. It was miraculous. It, it was a miracle that took place. And for the next 15 or so years, Abraham enjoyed a season of, of peace and tranquility with his wife and his son, Isaac. Things were looking up. He thought you know, life was, was going well because God had provided him with a son and heir, the promised one. And yet when Isaac was a young man of about 15, the Lord called upon Abraham for a supreme test of faith and obedience. So the Bible says, sometime later in chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. And this request is actually quite shocking, just at face value. Here God asks for a human sacrifice. And there was nothing leading up to this at this point in history where where God had really asked anything like that. Nothing could have prepared Abraham or even us as the readers for something like this. And child sacrifice was was not unusual at this time, uh, the the period of the patriarchs, and even all the way into the book of Kings. But God and his people, they were always against it. And so certainly in general, Abraham should have been shocked by the request. But more specifically, the request must have been so confusing to him For God to ask him to to sacrifice the son that was to bring about a great nation. And the three words, take, go, sacrifice. And those three words must have just taken Abraham's breath away. What's going on? And once again, Abraham was commanded to go somewhere he had never been. There was no doubt what he was being asked to do. To, to offer his son as a burnt offering up to God. There, there's no possibility really that at the end of this burnt offering, the sacrifice that was going to be made, that somehow Isaac was going to be able to, to survive. And I want us to notice that God gave no explanation, just an expectation. And I think a lot of times in our lives, God is saying, hey, this is what I want for you. I'm going to take care of the details, but this is what I want. And he offers no explanation, but just an expectation. It's kind of like when my kids are like, well, why? And I say, none ya. None ya business. I'm the dad. I'll, I'm saying what's going to happen. I wonder how many times I'm saying to God, why? And he's saying to Charles, none ya. You know, none ya business. I'm God. I'm going to do what I want. You just do what I ask you to do. Sometimes we're not given re- reasons either Because God just wants us to faithfully follow him. And it appears that when Abraham received this tough test of faith, he didn't necessarily even argue with God. Nor did he really, you know, discuss it with others. Not one word of objection is recorded in the account here in the scriptures. Instead, Abraham practiced immediate obedience. Just like we would love for our kids to do every single time. Immediate obedience. The Bible says, 
early the next morning from Genesis 22, verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the knife and the fire. The journey to Moriah covered about 50 miles. It took about three days. And I can't begin to imagine what must have been going through Abraham's mind as they're making this journey together. Once again, we see that Abraham was determined to obey God when he told his servants to stay with the donkey. Because I, I think in a lot of ways, if the servants were there with him, they probably would have tried to talk Abraham out of it, right? Like, Abraham, are you going nuts? You know, this is your son, the promised son that God said you're going to have a, a huge nation from, and you're going to sacrifice it? Like, this, isn't, this can't be God talking to you. This, this must be the devil talking to you. And he says to his servants, you guys stay here. The boy and I are going to go. And it's interesting, the pronouns that, is, that are used here. It says, we will worship, and we will come back. We will come back. And you see Abraham's faith in that. He didn't know how it was all going to turn out. But he knew that God had promised something. And so how did Abraham have the assurance that Isaac would return with him? And if Abraham was prepared to sacrifice his son, then, then how could he come back with him? And if you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19, it kind of fills in the blanks for us. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. You see, Abraham believed that God would follow through with his promise. Do we really believe that God will follow through with his promises? You see, scripture is full of promises from God. Do we really believe those? Because Abraham did. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. And it didn't make sense to sacrifice his son, but he was prepared to do it because God said so. He figured that God would somehow work, out, work it out to maintain his promise, to, to bless the world through Isaac, even if he had to raise him from the dead. What is stunning about Abraham's faith here is that in the previous 21 chapters of Genesis, there's no mention of resurrection. Somehow, Abraham knew that God could do this even though it had never been done before. Abraham then took the wood and put it on Isaac's shoulders, and like a condemned man, he walked to the hill of sacrifice. And Abraham carried the knife. And I wonder how heavy that knife must have become for him. And also the hot coals that would be used to start the fire that would cremate his son. 
And the Bible says, as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And oh, how these words must have sliced right through a devoted dad's heart. And I just think about kind of how Charles Pruitt described being pierced to the heart. You know, how, that must have just hit him deep. And the Bible says, says, Abraham then answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, verse 8. And notice that Abraham said that God himself will provide the sacrifice. The sacrifice will come from God. It, it's not going to be something that he can figure out on his own, but it's coming from God. And the word provide is the word gyra, which means to see or to see to it as in provision. And God sees beforehand what is needed and what he will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides and Abraham trusted that God would somehow see to it that everything worked out. And again for us, are we willing to have the same faith that Abraham had? To just believe that everything is going to work out. And there's things required of us for sure. We can't just sit back like, oh, I, I hope God provides for me. I'm going to sit here and watch TV. No, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, Abraham took the journey. He was obedient to what God called him to. And the Bible says when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. See, Abraham was willing to follow through with what God had called him to do. He had every intention of being obedient to what God had called him to do. And at the very last second, with the knife hovering in the air, the Bible says, but an angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And I think there's some key lines in there. The idea of fearing God. Do we truly fear God in reverence to the point where we're willing to surrender everything over to him, being completely obedient to him, even in the midst of scenarios that seem completely crazy? See, Abraham must have breathed a, a huge sigh of relief as his heart had must have been just pounding. And, and I'm guessing that Isaac was like, Oh, yeah, praise the Lord for, for, for voices that were coming from the heavens, right? I mean, Isaac, I'm sure, was very excited to hear what the angel of the Lord said. And Abraham had passed the test, but he still needed to complete the sacrifice. And so just as Abraham had believed, God did provide what was needed. And so many times in life, we, we do have physical things that we have to deal with day in and day out. Bills to pay, jobs to go to, providing for our families. The, the sacrifice still had to be made, and God shows up. 
God did provide what was needed. The Bible says in verse 13 of chapter 22, Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. What would you say the main lesson that we learn from Abraham's story about God's provision is for you this morning? For me, what I see is this idea of trust and obedience. Just like the old song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. See, Abraham would not have experienced God's provision had he not trusted and obeyed God. And are we willing to give of our very best to God no matter what the circumstances? Because I thought about how, you know, Abraham could have been like, okay, you want one of my sons, God? Okay, here's Ishmael. Here's Ishmael over here, right? Like, let's do, let's, he's a good option too, right? And, And God said, no, I want the promised son. The only way to receive God's provision is through faith and obedience and being willing to give it all over to him. And so as the praise team comes this morning, if you're going to to be financially fit, we have to be willing to trust God to provide for our needs and be willing to obey whatever God is calling us to. And and again, we're kind of addressing this idea of, of finances this morning, but it really has to do with every aspect of our lives. And so maybe this morning, your need may be physical, a job, a place to live, maybe you need help getting out of debt, or maybe your need may be more along the lines of emotional healing and help for headaches or or depression or abuse. Maybe your body is, is wearing out and you're dealing with needing relief from pain or healing from disease and affliction. You need... Maybe your need this morning is maybe interpersonal relationships that maybe have been severed that you're trying to to bring back together. Maybe there's healing that needs to take place and, and maybe you're looking for a body of believers to connect with as you're dealing with loneliness and isolation or maybe you're needing spiritual provision this morning, helping overcome temptation in your life or Maybe the relationship with God that you currently have is not where it needs to be and and you need God to show up in those difficult spiritual times. No matter what you need, no matter what it is this morning, I want to encourage you that you can trust that God will provide for your needs. But it requires something of us. We, We have to trust and obey. It's been said, God is never too early, he's never too late, he's always on time. So I just want to remind us from Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You see, God will provide. That's truth from God's word. Our God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And so if you're here this morning, if you've never really depended on God when it comes to your family life, when it comes to your 
to your finances, you've never depended on God when it comes to just work, whatever it might be, your spiritual life, I would challenge you that if you need to get right with God, to truly depend on Him, we're going to sing a song of invitation, and I would invite you to come, and I would love to share with you what that looks like to give everything over to Him, to spend some time in prayer with you, maybe set up a time where we can meet and discuss from God's Word what it, dep- what it means to completely trust and obey and depend on our God. Will you stand with us as we sing?